You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Today on the ZabeCast, Tony Romo has not just broken the bank, he blew it up and then pissed on its head. But does the new deal make any sense for CBS? Scott Van Pelt with a great wrestling pop. Too bad the Terps didn't hold up their end of the deal. Coronavirus stupidity is running rampant. The best combine answer ever. And where's the soup Nazi when you really need him? Your bonus, 35 minutes of me, is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Monday, March 2nd, 2020. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading. And Bidniz is about to pick up. What a perfect soundbite to open my podcast every day. Other than Tony Romo, now that he is going to be the $17 million man. I still, I can't get my head around it entirely. I'm happy for him but I, I don't know how CBS justifies it. We'll get into that in just a second. But before I go any further on today's ZabeCast, join me in the field of 64 one percenters for Zabe Vegas 2020 at the Top Golf at MGM Grand. It's Friday, March 27th from 3.30 to 6.30 Vegas time. It's the weekend of the Sweet 16, and yeah, we'll have four games to watch. And four games to crush at the window. A live one-hour Zabecast in a private suite at Top Golf. Mr. X, Charge, and Notorious J.A.Y. will be there. We'll have free food and beverage included with your ticket. Free use of the four private Top Golf bays attached to our suite. And there will be flat screens inside to watch the games. Prizes, trivia, and a great time. And if that wasn't enough, we will go from there at 6.30 to level up just a short walk in the MGM Grand for the official Zave Vegas Papa Shot Tournament. First prize is two free spots in Zave Vegas next year. Second prize is a t-shirt, size small. And third place is you fired. Sign up now at Zave.com slash Zave Vegas. We have zoomed to 54 entries in about a week. And I didn't really hype it much, but now they've slowed down. And I don't want you guys to make a fool of me and leave any of the precious 64 bids unclaimed. So get on it today, zabe.com slash zabevegas, and we will see you in Vegas. All right, we have not heard officially from Tony Romo yet, but I exclusively got him to comment on this incredible raise that he got from CBS 
and the fact that he is now going to be the highest paid broadcaster, highest paid sports broadcaster on an annual basis in history. Tony Romo, this is an exclusive that he gave me earlier on Sunday. Oh, boy. Yep. This is huge, Jim. <laughs> yeah, it is huge. All right. Oh, 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 oh. Here we go. It, uh, it's going to go down, I think, in the broadcast uh, negotiations history books as one of the most lopsided games of chicken ever played. All Tony Romo had to do was pretend like, yeah, you know, I might go take that ESPN money. ESPN's Monday Night Football being in such a depleted state, in a limping state where they just got rid of Witten and said, we know know Tussador's not very good. We also know Booger's not good either. So what can we do to turn around this prestige franchise? I know, let's go pluck the best broadcaster of football, the most natural, the natural, we should call Tony Romo. Let's go get him instead. According to reports, CBS got this deal done without ESPN even firing a shot. They never even got to Romo. And hell, at $17 million per year, even they might have said, okay, that's we can't. We'd, we'd chop them up in bits and we'd drop that sausage into all of our different day parts and every one of our pots of chili at ESPN and first take, last take, night take, this take. We'd do, we'd do it all. But we can't, 17 million, we can't justify that. CBS can't justify it other. Uh, CBS can't justify it either other than FOMO, fear of missing out, or FOLO, fear of losing out. They just didn't want to sit on the narrative of, well, you're the ones that let Romo go to ESPN. At some point, I think Romo was making $3 million a year in his rookie deal with the network, and he proved to be such a natural that everyone talked about him, including myself, that, yeah, so he's making $3 million a year, and he's got a raise to seven. How, how does that work exactly? Like, there was, at some point, CBS didn't say, okay, $10 million. 10 million, Tony. Sure, ESPN's at 12, but guess what? You're going to go work with that game show goofball who's going to end your career. You're going to go try to help out their broadcast. If they knew what the fuck they were doing, they wouldn't be in the spot they're in right now. Oh, and they're going to make you do debates with Stephen A., and you're going to have to clown it up with them. Oh, yeah, for that 12 million, they're going to get their piece of you. Here at CBS, we just want you to call the games with Jimmy Nance. You really want to go wait till they say, hey, Romo, Booger's not bad. We think he'll make a good sidekick for you on Monday night. You getting rid of uh, the game show host? No. No, we can't afford to. We spent all our money on you. I just don't know how the negotiation or the game of chicken went down. I don't know how budgets work at big networks like this. I mean, I know they, they spend billions a year. Is it billions? Let's just call it a billion a year. Could have looked this up. Nice research. They spent a lot of money. There we go. Nailed it. Ding. Hold on. Nailed it. They spend so much money on the games that the flagship talent, the one guy that people talk about, because they're not really gushing about Nance. Nance is baked into the pie. He's been there for a long time. But to lose the number one talent after spending all that money on the games, it just seems like, okay, fine, we'll... 
it's almost like paying way too much for a muffler after you've had a major car repair or a car itself where the, the something about it, you're like, all right, I'm in this, I'm, we're in this far. We might as well just go to the top, tip it out. I know it's a ripoff, but I'm in because you can't justify it. Now, some poor saps are going to lose their job. They're going to be cutting corners left and right to make up for this deal. You can't like that blows <laughs> again. I don't know how budgets work. I would assume there's a broadcast budget and a talent budget and you can't make up an extra f- f- fourteen million a year, just out of nowhere. But good for Romo. I'm not mad at Romo at all. Romo is great, and I thought about why is he great and how is he great. And here's my only theory on this. And it's not even a theory; it's just basic. He is a normal guy who says what he sees, explains what he knows you might not understand and is not afraid to be wrong and puts some humor into the games. And he's excited when things get exciting, which is what every one of us like. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah, exactly. It's not hard. There are, I think, many ex-players who, if they could just figure out how to do it, talk to you like, yeah, we're sitting next to each other in first class on a flight. No, yeah, here's what here's what uh, cover two means. Okay, explain it. Okay, great, I got it. In real human being terms, not in cliche speak. So many of these color analysts get in that seat, and they get the first thing they do is they jam a broomstick all the way up their ass, and they're very stiff. And we uh, football serious, and it's stiff, and I'm gonna. Spout cliches because that's what everyone thought. This is what the announcer, this is what the color guy should do. Spewed cliches. Romo is simple. He says what he sees. He explains what he looks at in normal terms. He's self-effacing. He's not afraid to be wrong. He's not afraid to have an opinion. He doesn't care necessarily about being buds with every coach and every player out there. And he's goddamn good. And good for him, but $17 million. Wow. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Those the great words of one Franklin Delano Roosevelt. You might have heard of him. You might have heard of that quote. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nothing could be more true. It's a timeless quote, and it's true today as it was back then. With this coronavirus, the only thing we have to fear is rampant fear and misinformation, which is flying right now. Oh, I know. Cases are still going up in the U.S. They still have not topped 100 yet. There has been the first official death due to coronavirus in Seattle, Washington. That is, as we like to say, not great, Bob. But to be canceling things left and right and to propose canceling things is flat out insane. But this is what we become as a society. We are way too soft as a society. We just, this is what I had always feared and and this is something that at times I would get into it with callers and sports fans over sporting events that are canceled because of bad weather. And I say, that's ridiculous. Why are you canceling this? 
Better safe than sorry is what the answer always come back at came back at me as. And I said, yeah, but life is full of risks. You can't just go canceling everything. You can't retreat into your hole. I mean, there are economic impacts to this. Oh, it's just money. Well, what happens then when everybody starts to cancel shit out of fear? Then we're going to have a real problem on our hands. In fact, it's starting to rear it's starting to rear its ugly head right now. We are a nation that is utterly soft. Dudley boys, there's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. S-A-W-F-T. Soft. I told you, John, they're an acquired taste. So, I know that there's a lot of new developments, but the bottom line is this. It's another form of the flu. And the flu kills lots of people every year as it is. I saw a headline. I forget what news outlet it was, but it was funny. It said, experts, prepare for the worst. And then the subhead was, no time to panic. Wait a minute. Prepare for the worst. And then no time to panic. What is the worst, I thought, as I read this headline? And and the recommendation from some supposed health expert with one of the agencies or a doctor, who knows who it was. Prepare for the worst. Okay, what's the worst? Could you tell me what the worst looks like? And then I'll go ahead and start preparing for it. It's almost like in Step Brothers when he tells Will Ferrell, to, you know, Rob Riggle's character says to Will Ferrell, I don't like your face. You need to change your face. And he's like, mm, okay, I'll just take that into consideration. What is there anything I can do? No, your face. I just want to punch your face. So when you say prepare for the worst and you go, well, how? What does that mean exactly? Should I go and remember, remember when people were buying duct tape and plastic after the anthrax thing to duct tape their windows of their house with plastic? <laughs> My wife said that uh, a friend went to the local Costco over the weekend and was shocked because something you never see at Costco, empty shelves. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. And I said, of course. People stocking up on shit. The CDC now says, or the Surgeon General has said, please, people, stop buying masks. Stop buying is what they say now. Why? A, there's a shortage. B, the people that are going to be working on the front lines of this thing need them, not you. It's it's just a matter of you wash your hands as much as possible and you don't touch your face. My problem is I touch my face all the time. I'm terrible. I'm filthy at that. In fact, I uh, I pick my nose way too much. I can't stand any boogers in my nose. I got to get them out. It drives me nuts. So I'm super high risk of getting coronavirus personally because I, I can't keep to the edict of stop touching your face. Anyway, uh, it's going to be an interesting month. But I think after about a month, there's going to be a downward curve to all the hype and all the nonsense and all the craziness. At least I hope there is. I hope it doesn't get out of control. But everything I've read and seen, it's like, okay, got it. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to see things like this. The National College Players Association has recommended that March Madness be played 
without fans. <laughs> That's right. They're like, in regards to the tournament and other athletic events, there should be a serious discussion about holding competitions without an audience present. Google just canceled a summit in California, and Amazon is encouraging its employees to avoid all non-essential travel because of the coronavirus and concern. The NCAA and its colleges must act now. There's no time to waste. Okay, well, why don't we cancel the tournament? Because, you know, the virus could be transmitted from athlete to athlete or referee to athlete or Coach K to athlete because Coach K is in that family of animals that probably started the coronavirus. You know, bats, bats and rats like Coach K. So you don't want to be get too close to him. You ever seen a coach scream and yell? Talk about droplets of potentially virus-contaminated coaching spittle flying out of his mouth. What referee would want to work knowing, hey man, this coach really gets all worked up and yells at me and I'm worried about his spit. He could. He, we need to wear masks and everything. It's just a function of how we are today. We're so soft. We cancel everything. Prepare for the worst. What is it? We can't tell you. But it's no time to panic. Oh, and by the way, we have no recommendations other than wash your hands, don't touch your face, And we would have said buy a mask, but now the Surgeon General is saying don't buy a mask. Compounding is is the fact that we're not only soft, but we're ragingly ignorant, and we believe too much in anything of what we see on the interwebs, especially the bad stuff. There's apparently a Korean Korean or or Japanese uh, restaurant that has been virtually shut down. Nobody's eating there because a rumor got out that one of the women, one of the uh, coronavirus victims in California ate, a flight attendant, ate at the restaurant. The owner says he can prove it's not true. Doesn't matter. The restaurant is getting slaughtered right now. Nobody's going. Ignorant, paranoid, soft... I did see one funny headline, though. There is some humor in this whole thing. The Globe and Mail out of Toronto, Canada's one of their big newspapers. (laughs) Headline, it's the Gretzky of viruses. (laughs) What the hell did you just say? Yeah, you heard me. It's the Gretzky of viruses. In other words, it's something that I guess Canadians can only, hey, oh, is this coronavirus real serious, eh? Oh no, I don't think so. It it it's probably not. It's probably the Theo Fleury of viruses. No, I heard it was the Gretzky of viruses. Oh yeah, yeah. No, even better than the Mark Messier of viruses. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We need to take this very seriously, eh? I guess that's the Canadian scale for everything. How bad is it? Oh shit! It's the Gretzky. It's the Gretzky of something. If it's bad, the Gretzky of something is bad. If it's good, hey, it's the Gretzky of whatever. Oh, that's great. I got to go get that. Come on, Canada. Thankfully, the NFL Combine is finally over. It is a joke how hyperventilating people get about things. Although it is nice to see guys who are good guys do something that gets people to go, hey, you know what? We probably shouldn't sleep on this guy one of them is JT23 of your Wisconsin Badgers. Ned Tater, tote that peel. She's a home run hitter on tape. 
just a good human. 441 for Jonathan. What? Taylor. Oh, yeah. oh, 226. Yeah. Hey, Mark, let me just tell you real quick. He had 2,003 yards last season on 320 carries, 2,194 yards on 307 carries a year before. As if all those numbers weren't enough, the fact that he ran a 4-4-140 has people now absolutely, whoa, we got to rethink this guy. I think you should take the guy because look at the production in college and he is a great human being. You, you are not going to shortchange yourself taking JT23 as a running back. Meanwhile, Isaiah Simmons of Clemson, linebacker, ran a 4-3-9-40 and people lost their minds because... He is, what, 6'4", 230? And at linebacker slash safety, you start to let the imagination run wild as to, well, okay, he's a linebacker. He played linebacker in college. Could he play safety? Hell, running like that, the pros? He possibly could. I saw Henry Ruggs III's basketball mixtape. Oh, yeah, the wide receiver for Alabama who ran a 429. 40, a 429, and was disappointed in that because he wanted to break the combine record of 422. Played basketball in high school, too. Of course he did. And at six foot even, or some say 5'10, 5'11, you've got to Google his shit. I'm telling you. Google Henry Ruggs basketball highlights, and your jaw will drop. And the amazing thing is, he might not be any good in the pros at wide receiver. It boggles my mind that an athlete who's such a freakazoid like him may or may not be a good pro on Sundays in the NFL. But that's the way the combine works. And then the winner of the combine over the weekend had to be offensive tackle Trey Adams out of Washington, who apparently tanked a bunch of the tests, including the 40-yard dash dead last, bench press dead last. But he nailed it on the interview this is one of the all-timers to a stupid-ass question. If you can change anything about yourself, what would it be? Uh, sure. Yeah. Second. <laughs> what the hell's going on out here? Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, is there someone in the National Football League? <laughs> Bigger dick, is there? Is there one thing you would change about yourself? If you can change anything about yourself, what would it be? Uh, shit. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Second. Bigger dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, is there someone in the National Football See, League? this is, you know what? Ask stupid questions, get smart-ass answers. I wish recruits, I wish... Combine goers, not recruits. I wish potential NFL draft picks could just say, next question. Like, I'm not answering that. You want to ask me a football question? Fine. Don't ask me if you could change one. He should have said, look, I'm not here to talk bad about myself. I got a very high regard, and sure, there's things I'm working on all the time to be a better person, better player, but I prefer to keep those private. What if a, rec- a recruit, I keep saying that, what if a combine guy said all the time to every stupid-ass question like this, I'm on to Cincinnati. I'm on to the next round. Or just a Drew Rosenhaus next question. Of course, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's a, I don't like this kid's attitude. It's like you got to play along with their stupid reindeer games. Next question. 
Next question. Next question. Yeah. Uh, what would you change about yourself? Answer, maybe a bigger dick. Absolute perfect. To me, Trey Adams should rocket to the top of the draft board. And, of course, now people on Twitter are saying, this was terrible. This was supposed to stay private between Adams and 32 NFL teams. Whoever leaked this is wrong. Speaking of leaking things, Kobe Bryant's wife is a widow. Vanessa is apparently, quote, devastated, unquote, that apparently a sheriff's deputy understudy trainee, some low-level dipshit, had graphic photos of the crash scene, including those of the victims, and was showing them around at a bar trying to impress a woman. First of all, the fact that he thought this guy thought this was going to get him somewhere, like, oh, man, I was 50-50 on you, but since you show me that absolutely horrific photo of Kobe Bryant dead in the helicopter, I'm in. Let's wear- Why are we at the bar anymore? Let's get back to your apartment, dude. Let's go for it. That's number one. Number two, I think uh, Ms. Bryant doth protest a bit much and her attorney. Get a load of some of these quotes. First of all, I, I understand that it's a gross violation of your loved one and your privacy and all those others that were in the crash. It's disgusting. It's wrong. It's morbid. It's fucked up is what it is. But devastated? Like, more than losing your husband and daughter? Bryant's lawyer, uh, Vanessa Bryant's lawyer, Gary Robb, said that Ms. that Vanessa went to the sheriff's office on January 26th, the day of the crash, and requested the area be designated a no-fly zone and be protected from photographers. Many people in the comments to the story pointed out, yeah, you know, no-fly zone... <laughs> You're not royalty. Everyone obviously is very sympathetic and very sad about this whole thing, but you don't just get to say, no, no, we're going to no fly zone this and we're going to no photographs. This is the downside of being famous because trust me, no one's passing around photographs of the other seven beautiful people who died in that crash. Uh, The attorney for Vanessa Bryant called for those who shared the photos to, quote, face the harshest possible discipline and that their identities be brought to light to ensure that the photos are not further disseminated. So in other words, he wants to dox this poor idiot who thought this was a good idea. That's too far. Let's not ruin this guy's life. And the LAPD, I saw one story that said the LAPD tried to cover it up. They tried to hush hush it. Well, of course they did. No shit. They're like, Wait, what's going on? Jesus Christ, delete that shit. What is wrong with you? What do you think the LAPD is going to do? Come out and hold a press conference saying some junior dipwad assistant trainee deputy did something really stupid? No, they're not going to do this. And by the way, probably not even a crime. Not even not, not even sure it's a uh, a department violation. Probably is of some sort. But uh, people need to calm down just a little bit on this. It happens. What are you going to do? Scott Van Pelt had a great pop at Maryland on Saturday night. Xfinity Center, the house that Gary built. Big game, number 24, Michigan State. Izzo in the house. Terps in the top 10. I think they're 7th, 8th, ninth, something like that. They'll drop after this. And Van Pelt, who is a Maryland alum and a 
big time, he puts his ass where his mouth is on his fandom. Unlike me, I won't even tune in late West Coast UC Santa Barbara basketball games because I'm a bad alum. I'm sorry. Uh, Those days of me caring about that little teensy-tinesy program are kind of over. I mean, if they do well, great. Otherwise, it's not my world anymore. But Van Pelt travels, he goes to games, and he is a genuine True Blue fan, so I had no problem with him getting this pop as during the college game day uh, segment that they had, they were, not segment, they were there all day, college game day on set in the stadium. Uh, he pops up, he pops out from atop the mezzanine to the students who had been there hours in advance and had this great wrestling-like pop. This is a great Maryland family and the favorite son is joining us. S-B-P Scott Van Pelt in the house. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Listen. Listen. Serious business. Serious business. Tom Izzo is a guy I consider a friend. His team is awesome. They are tough. They're going to come in here and they're going to fight. It's tough to beat them in their place. It's going to be tough to beat them tonight. But I didn't come here on two hours sleep to say anything other than Maryland by a million. By a million. Uh, Good for Van Pelt. Van Pelt has ascended now to a level of celebrity that is not easy to get to. And he is so popular and he's so good for a lot of the same reasons that Tony Romo is. He speaks plainly. He's a normal dude. He is not self-absorbed with his own image or celebrity. He knows sports. He loves sports. He gets excited by sports. It's not just something he does for a paycheck. And he's funny. He has a great sense of humor that he imparts into all that he does on television. Plus, he is a great wordsmith and a great writer. And that's partly why he was on. And if he's got a whole episode of Faraday. Faraday is interviewing Van Pelt as his primary interview. That's huge. I mean, good for Van Pelt. I just, you cannot overstate the enormity of that for a guy who's just, and I put that in air quotes, a sports center anchor. Of course, he did then go on Twitter to say afterwards, because people were circulating that clip, Maryland by a million uh, or Michigan State by 16. It's going to be tough to beat them tonight, but I didn't come here on two hours sleep to say anything other than Maryland by a million. million. (laughs) Get some sleep, Van Pelt. That's all I can say. All right. I got some viral video stuff to close out today. And I know that I'm accused of and get complaints from a few people about, I wish you'd stop playing these things we can't see on a podcast, but you'll see them yourself if you're on social media, or you can look them up if you desperately want to. Most of these clips I'm about to play for you though, you don't need the video. Let me start with this. What have I told you? I feel like it's a 30 for 30. What have I told you? Oprah Winfrey the great oracle of the modern age, Oprah Winfrey. What if I told you she was speaking at a lecture or a concert appearance, whatever, you know, some Oprah Palooza she does for, I'm sure, a lot of money. Nothing wrong with it. She's talking about balance in life. And what if I told you that right as she was talking about balance, she would, for no reason whatsoever, trip and fall flat on her face 
with her high heel shoes on. What if I told you, oh, that actually happened? Balance doesn't mean all things are equal or at peace at all times. Oh. <laughs> Oprah. Shoes. <laughs> it's the shoes. It's the shoes. You know, because she was all right, it's fine to laugh at it. And it's fine to watch it on a minimum 20 loop series because it's funny and I have not worn high heels in a long time. Last Saturday, don't lie, I haven't worn high heels in a long time, but I imagine they're somewhat tricky if it is a new pair, you're not quite used to it, or if you're getting older like Oprah, uh, you're not paying attention, maybe she hit a small rut in the stage, we don't know, but <laughs> it's pretty funny just to go down like a sniper gotcha. Alex doesn't mean all things are equal or at peace at all times. Down goes Oprah. Down goes Oprah. Also making the viral rounds this weekend, a guy who is absolutely, in my world, eligible for, what do I call it? Jail? Uh, Special jail. Thank you. I can't think tonight. Eligible for special jail. There's a viral video of a guy at a supermarket hot food sort of area, buffet, taking one of the giant labels, labels, taking one of the giant ladles of soup, dipping it in the soup, pulling it out from under the sneeze guard, important with all this coronavirus going on, and then raising it up to his lips. Good God. And... There are germaphobes that are losing their mind over this, and I don't blame them. But I'm a more rational person thinking that guy's lips on the soup is not the worst thing that's in that soup. It's not the only germs in that open vat of soup. Sneeze guard or no sneeze guard, you have no idea. But it got people just losing their minds. And I thought of the uh, Costanza bite from Seinfeld where the woman at the Chinese restaurant butts in front of him for the payphone. See, here's some audio. You don't need the video. Excuse me, I I was waiting here. Where? I didn't see you. I've been standing here for the last 10 minutes. I won't be long. Um, That's not the point. The point is, I was here first. Well, if you were here first, you'd be holding the phone. You know, we're living in a society. We're supposed to act in a civilized way. (laughs) Does she care? No. Does anyone ever display the slightest sensitivity over the problems of a fellow individual? No. No. A resounding no. We're living in a society. No, we're living in a society. (laughs) Don't drink the soup. From the ladle at a rest at a public, well, not a restaurant, a getter would call it a restaurant, uh, at a at a at a soup line, at a cafeteria, certainly not at some grocery store hot food aisle. Do not drink the soup. There is a nice video of a little kid dancing with a bus driver before getting off 
the bus. Uh, according to the viral video, the bus driver put the dr- bus in park and they were dancing to Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. Shake It Off. Uh, a big, very nice black man driving the bus and a little white girl dancing. Oh, yeah. That's the content I'm here for. Speaking of the content I'm here for, it's true that they design social media to get you into a dopamine feedback loop with your brain. You know, dopamine is that signal that uh, that stuff that gets secreted that makes you go, I want more, 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 and you get addicted to it. And the stupid like button is all it takes. I'd like to think at 52 years old almost, I'm beyond needing or wanting likes to fulfill myself or to get all excited. But I got to tell you, every now and then I do get excited. There Apparently there was a play in the XFL that involved a runner who crossed the plane of the goal line but was out of bounds and had the ball outside the pylon and referee Terry McCauley, former referee Terry McCauley, now TV ref Terry McCauley, one of the good ones who I think should still be officiating, he now is you know the NBC TV ref, and he said this is an interesting play because in the NFL it would have been ruled out of bounds. In the XFL it's ruled a touchdown. And he went into some unbelievably arcane explanation of why and the pylon and blah, blah, blah. Someone pointed out, they're like, and by the way, uh, by the way, Mr. McCauley, isn't that pylon put in the wrong place? Because he was like on the front end of the goal line, not on the actual goal line itself. And McCauley's like, that, why, you're right. Good eye. That, that pylon is not where it should be. And I simply responded with, this is the Sunday morning pylon content I'm here for. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm like, that's a good zinger. Six people will like that. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, look who liked my little zinger there. Terry McCauley. Uh, uh, uh. I've got a referee who got a chuckle out of my zinger, and he pressed the like button. Isn't that great? See? I'm no better than a 16-year-old, I know. And then there's this. You don't need audio for this. You don't need video for this. You just need to hear the audio. File this one under, you had one job, bro. The Honda Classic apparently hired a guy with a really good voice, but zero knowledge of the PGA Tour, as well as no calmness under pressure on the microphone to simply announce each player at the first tee. The great Ivor Robson, who is now retired, used to be the guy that did it for the British Open or Open Championship, and he had that high-pitched voice where it'd be like, now on the tee, from Northern Ireland, Rory McIlroy. And it was just as easy as pie for Ivor Robson. Didn't miss a beat. Didn't botch a name. Never took a pee break for almost 12 hours. 12 hours? Yeah, basically sun up to sun down. They run guys at the uh, open all day long because of the sunlight up there. Take a listen to this guy who's got great pipes, but I'm thinking might have been hired only because of the quality of his voice and not because he knew jack shit about golf. Listen to him, listen to him introduce Luke Donald. Not Luke McDonald, but Luke Donald, former world's number one, who was in contention this weekend. Take a listen. Good afternoon, and welcome to the 2006 2020. Okay, that's his first fuck up right there. 
Wrong year, pal. And welcome to the 2020 Honda Classic. This is the... All right, gather yourself. You can tell he's already like, oh, shit, I fucked up the year. Let me... uh, let me get my let me get my feet under me. Listen to the pause after he fucks up the year, trying to make sure he knew he knows what tea time he's announcing. And welcome to the 2016, 2020 Honda Classic. This is the one thirty-five. This is the one checks watch thirty-five tea time. Thirty-five tea time. First to play from High Wycombe, England. <laughs> I think that's mispronounced. I don't know how you say it. It might be High Wickham. Who knows? But I heard, I saw on social media they botched it, or he botched it. That's not where Luke Donald's actually from. from high- By the way, he went to Northwestern, married an American gal. Good for him. First to play from High Wycombe, England, the 2016 Honda Classic champion. Uh, nope. <laughs> has not won since 2016. It's been a long dry spell. Old Luke Donald has fallen off the map. That's where he got the 2016 from. The 2016 Honda Classic champion, Luke McDonald. <laughs> what the hell did you just say? What, what, the, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> Yeah, 2006. (laughs) Great voice, though, isn't it? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Honda Classic. Good afternoon, and welcome to the 2020 Honda Classic. Uh, Welcome to the Putt-Putt Championship of the... Hold on. Uh, Being told this is a real golf tournament. Uh, Welcome to the Honda Classic. This is the next tee time. And on the tee, someone really good from England. His name is Luke. Let's give it up for Luke. This is the 135 tee time. <laughs> First to play from High Wycombe, England. The 2016 Honda Classic champion, Luke McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time a first tee guy has botched a name. I've heard it before, but this was easily one of the worst ones. He should have really just dropped the mic after that and run to the nearest water hazard, which there were plenty down there. And I just throw. I'm going to throw myself in the pond right now. Sorry for fucking up the golf tournament. All right, that'll do it for me today. A couple of happy pieces of news. Allegedly, Barbara Corcoran got her 388 grand back. The Shark Tank star said that she was able to contact the German bank that made the illicit transfer, according to a phishing scam that got her assistant, and they were able to freeze the funds. Now, I'm skeptical of this because usually when that money's gone, it's gone. I wouldn't be shocked if they did this to save face or they claimed they were able to save it because it makes her look kind of stupid in the end, doesn't it? And YouTube and Sinclair have apparently agreed on a last-minute temporary extension for the Fox Regional Sports Networks on YouTube uh, TV as well as uh, on other outlets in which they were going to be yanked. The brinksmanship continues. Uh, Charch tweeted out maybe it was enough people canceling their YouTube that or their YouTube TV subscription that actually got it done. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday. It's March. Life is good. We steamroll towards March Madness. 
Don't forget, subscribe to Fridays. You'll get five days of me, not four. It isn't free, but it's very inexpensive. Also, Zabe Vegas, get on board. We only got 10 spots left. They'll be gone by the end of the week. I promise you that. ZabeVegas.com slash, or excuse me, Zabe.com slash Zabe Vegas and sign up today. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, and we will see you next time.